0: Hello and welcome to the will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're based out of Shelton, Washington, and we're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Gathered and gifted by the Holy Spirit, faith is a beloved affirming community, striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your day. This is the fourth sermon in a series on the Ten Commandments, and so we're looking at the fourth commandment today. Honor your father and your mother. They say that this is the hardest commandment for children, while the hardest one for parents is the fifth one, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Kidding aside, I think we make a mistake if we reduce this commandment to simply telling children to be good little boys and girls. Because the fourth commandment, really puts human relationships at the center of our faith and practice. How we treat each other matters. Whether we honor one another matters. And so it starts with the most intimate and fundamental of all relationships, daughters and fathers, mothers and sons. So let's look at what the small catechism says about the fourth commandment and specifically consider the vocation or office of parenting. And then we're going to see how this commandment plays out in the story of the transfiguration of Jesus, a story recorded in the Gospel of Mark, the ninth chapter. I'll leave you with some takeaways, five of them. And there's a Faith 5 handout, as well as small uh, catechism resources available at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Let's start with the reading of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, beginning at the second verse. It says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. And there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, you know, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. But then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. And suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except for Jesus. Here ends the reading. The fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? The small catechism says we are to fear and love God so that we neither despise nor anger our parents and others in authority, but instead honor, serve, obey, love, and respect them. The fourth commandment is pretty straightforward. Honor, respect, obey your parents. The Bible talks about the importance of parents teaching their kids the commandments. Parents are to impress the commandments on their children, to talk about them when, when you're sitting at home and when you're driving your kids to soccer practice. Proverbs has some language about parenting, talks about sparing the rod, and, well, we question some of the practices from 3,000 years ago around discipline. But Proverbs 22.6 is spot on. Start off children in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. True stuff. Families serve as the foundation for pretty much any modern society. Developmental psychology affirms the role of parenting in raising healthy kids. Children need structure until they can develop their own internal sense of right and wrong, etc., 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 so honor your father and your mother, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16 says. Do this as Yahweh has commanded you, so that you may live long and prosper. It's worth noting that the word is honor, and not just obey, and certainly not subject yourself to the abuse of. Folks, the fourth commandment is not, and never is, a get-out-of-jail-free card for parents who want to misuse their authority. It's never about abusing or neglecting any precious child of God. This commandment does not authorize parents to mistreat their children, ever. Ever. In fact, as Martin Luther was penning the the small catechism in 1529 and other writings on the commandment, his emphasis is less on the children themselves, although he would, of course, affirm their duty to obey, love, respect their parents. Luther spends more time talking about what might be called the office of parenting, the vocation of parenting. The underlying principle is that the role of a parent, the calling of parents, and all those in positions of authority. The role is, is understood, this authority is understood as a duty, an obligation, a responsibility. God has assigned parents to raise their children under God's rules, according to God's direction, in ways consistent with God's character. Parenting is a, ma- a divine mandate, and it's hard. And that's why children ought to show them respect and obedience and honor, even when parents do it poorly. And Luther extends this principle to apply to the need to show respect for all those in authority, even when they do it poorly because all authority comes from God. And being in charge is hard work. See, power, authority, position, influence, these are entrusted to people to serve God's purposes. Parents, pastors, teachers, bosses, and presidents are given authority to serve and to teach and to do good and to point people to God. The mark of a true leader, Jesus teaches, is service. It is love. Leaders take up the towel of a servant and lay down their lives for others. This is the purpose of authority, of power. Now see what a contrast this is to most American thinking, including much American Christianity, uh, what you sometimes call a prosperity gospel or what Luther would call a theology of glory. And this is that myth that authority is, is something that I have a right to rather than a responsibility. That my power, my privilege or success is a sign of God's blessings and therefore I can do whatever I want to do. See, in this light, in this false light, the fourth commandment is a justification for bullying, for oppression, for abuse of power over those who are most vulnerable. So do you see the difference? No, all authority comes from God as a divine duty and responsibility. We're given power, authority, position to serve, to serve and protect the least, the last, the lost, and the left behind, not the other way around. And therefore, our Lutheran Christian tradition holds pastors and parents and teachers and bosses and leaders to a higher standard of conduct and behavior. As Spider-Man and every other superhero will tell you, with great power comes great responsibility. And not just because that's what God tells us to do, but because that's what God does, what authority was made for. Which leads us back to today's gospel reading, a scene from Mark chapter 9, often referred to as the transfiguration of Jesus. Now this story has all sorts of cameos, costuming, special effects, and insider details, what they call Easter eggs these days. The heart of the story, though, isn't in the cameos or in the laundry. It's in the voice. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Now, Jesus' true identity is hidden throughout most of the Gospel of Mark. He's always doing miracles in private, telling people not to say anything, moving from town to town, staying out of the spotlight. The transfiguration is the big reveal everyone is waiting for. Yes, Jesus is truly God, the living bread from heaven, the word become flesh, the way, the truth, and the life, the Son of the Father from eternity, doing the work and will of God. The voice comes from heaven. This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to him. Now Jesus had heard this voice once before in his earthly ministry, It was a year or so earlier. Jesus had gone to John the Baptist to be baptized. John asked him why, and Jesus told him it was to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was honoring his heavenly Father, obeying his Father's instructions. And that's what it means to honor our parents when we're young, right? We obey, we trust, we do as we're told. But as we get older, honoring our parents isn't just about doing what we're told, right? It's about coming into our own, becoming the adults that we were raised to be, discovering our purpose, forming our character, learning integrity. With our kids, we call this adulting. And by the time of the transfiguration, Jesus is adulting. He is honoring his father by being true, not just to the command, but also to the mission and character of his father, a chip off the old block. After months of these miracles and, and the healing and the feeding and the teaching of the large crowds, there's a turn that happens in chapter 8, a maturing in Jesus' mindset and ministry. It says this in chapter 8, verse 31. And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. See, what has happened here is that Jesus has now grasped the meaning of his office, his duty, Jesus has been, has been given all authority. All authority comes from God. And Jesus has learned that he is to use his authority to serve and to love and to teach and to provide, because that's what God, the Father, has done with authority. Jesus, in chapter 8 and now moving into chapter 9, is no longer merely obedient to the will of the Father. The son is now conforming to and participating in the authority of the the father. Jesus has become an adult. (laughs) One can imagine the conversation between Jesus and the two Old Testament icons in the story, Moses and Elijah. So all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says to the old men. And... He kind of pauses and looks at them and says, and that means it's up to me to lay down my life for the sake of the world, doesn't it? Because that's what dad would do, isn't it? This is why I was sent. And the old Jewish heroes gravely nod. Yeah, that's the gist of it. The true glory of God is not in the light show, but on the cross. And as this deep, difficult, and noble reality sets in, the voice from heaven brings affirmation and encouragement. Now you understand, son. I knew you would get there. This is my son, my beloved son. Listen to him. And the special effects fade away. And Jesus and his followers head down the mountain, bound for Jerusalem, where he will suffer under Pontius Pilate be crucified, die, and be buried for the sake of the world, for us and for our salvation. Jesus was honoring his father and I'll bet his mom was proud too. I'll leave you with a few takeaways. The first is this. It's an invitation to consider the marvelous, mature adult sacrifice of Jesus for you. See, the more we pursue the commandments, the clearer sense we get that we are always a dollar short and a day late. The fourth commandment shows us just how complicated and impossible it is to navigate our relationships cleanly, especially our relationships with our parents. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus fulfills the law, and so our sin doesn't disqualify us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, the Bible promises. Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God does not treat us as our sins deserve, the psalm says. For as the Father has compassion on his children, so there is compassion for those who fear and love God. Trust and obey. The second takeaway is a page from Jesus and Luther about what authority is and what it's for. I challenge you to consider, have you been blinded by a prosperity gospel, a theology of glory, a Western patriarchy that justifies oppression, dominion, or abuse by powerful ones over the powerless? Folks, as the people of faith, we need to practice true adulting, and follow instead the example of servant leadership modeled by Jesus, who being very nature God, as Paul teaches, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the true role of those in authority. Third, children and younger adults See if you can do a better job of doing what your parents tell you to do and honor them as best you can, even when they're not doing the whole parent thing perfectly. Fourth, if your parents are aging or infirm, talk to them about end-of-life choices. Talk to them about living wills, post-forms, DNRs. Ask questions about what's important to your parents at end-of-life. Be open with them about your own hopes and fears. And finally, if your folks have died, you can honor them this week by taking time to remember them. Visit a gravesite after the snow, of course, or at least tell some good stories about them to your own children. So that's what I've got for you this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe or like us or sign up for our mailing list at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Thanks, Chaz, Emily, for your production work. I am grateful, deeply grateful, for the privilege of working among the people of faith. So let's pray for what we talked about today. O God, you command us to honor our parents. May we so fear and love you that we do not despise or anger them and others in authority, but respect, obey, love, and serve them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.